I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everyone and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of the even more iconic Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and ask if they're still relevant for today. You are joined by Bunny McDougal, Juno Dawson and Rampant Rabbit, Dylan B. Jones. (laughs) Hi Dylan! Hi Juno, this is our first ever evening recording. It is, it's so classy, we both have a drink. What are you drinking, Dylan? I'm drinking a glass of cheap red wine. (laughs) I am drinking a Negroni, perfected by Brighton Gin. Oh, you're you're more classy than I am. I thought red wine was good because white wine makes me want to go out, so I thought red wine is like a nice sort of calming drink to have. Although I always find red wine to be quite a wintry drink. Yeah, true. Although it feels a bit like winter at the moment. It's not exactly July weather here in London anyway. Well, it's, 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 ra- it's rather lovely down on the south coast. Oh. We've got the windows open, a breeze is drifting in. Although weirdly, there is a strange smell in our flat. This oh. feels like an episode of like a much worse sitcom. Like, <laughs> what? where is the strange smell coming from? <laughs> so how are you, Dylan? How has your week been? Yeah, it's been great. It's been really busy suddenly. Everything's, it's all happening. I'm feeling immeasurably better than a few weeks ago and Mm. I was walking along listening to Kelly Clarkson earlier um, looking at some birds flying through the sky and had a little cry actually a good cry (laughs) Is that because Kelly Clarkson's marriage has broken down? Yeah I just felt really bad for her (laughs) No it was just Mm. because I mean we all we all do (laughs) It was just because um, yeah I'm just feeling feeling really good at the moment so Good it feels quite fitting that as lockdown is lifted, we come to the end of season two. Yeah. It feels there's a nice symmetry to it. Yeah. And I think for that reason, this series will always, this season will always have like a sort of strange, quite Ooh. emotional place in my head because it's been our lockdown season. It has. We've done 18 episodes. We started, well, we started transmitting the first week, in fact, I think it was the day after lockdown, we decided did quite impulsively to just launch into season two. Yeah. Thank you so much to listeners for bearing with us. We know the quality hasn't been as good as season one was, but, you know, we figured it out. We've both learned a new skill. We've both figured out how to podcast from home. (laughs) Yeah. So that's something we can both put on our CV now. And yeah, I actually, I've just had, I've just had so much fun as well. And it really, in those darker weeks, like it really was in an almost literal sense, a lifesaver in some ways. Mm. So yeah, 
you you have found it really really hard yeah I think and that's but I mean actually having this yeah having you're right having the podcast it was another one of those reasons to get out of bed basically yeah Um, there was a point where all the days were blurring into one yeah and it was really important so like for example I was always quite strict with Max on a Saturday that we always took the dog out yeah. for, for a slightly longer walk. We used to go up onto the South Downs because at one point that was the only way that I knew it was a Saturday. Yeah. And so actually having the podcast come out every Tuesday has been another way of keeping keeping some semblance of a routine. Yeah, that's true. Well, should we do the potted synopsis? So what, what happens? Let's do it. So we've reached the end of season two. It's season two, episode 18, X in the City. What happens? So Carrie decides that she wants to try and make friends with Mr. Big after their um, disastrous breakup and after seeing him with um, the stick figure with no soul. <laughs> and the, the whole episode is themed around whether you can be friends with an ex. So Miranda reconnects with Steve, who's looking good in his basketball kit at the start of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha's is not so much ex-orientated. Samantha has <laughs> one of hers where she just goes on a little adventure, which is great. And Charlotte mm-hmm. reconnects with her love of uh, equestrianism. Is that a word? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It is um, now. Yeah, so Charlotte gets back in touch with her love of horses, <laughs> which is an interesting <laughs> storyline. So shall we start off with the big headliner, which is Carrie and Big, Natasha, yes. um, stick figure with no soul, Najinsky or whatever her name is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Najinsky, sick burn. Um, <laughs> and this does lead us to the question of can you be friends with an ex? So I suppose, yeah. shall we start with that? Dylan, have you ever managed to maintain a friendship with an ex. Yeah, I have actually, and still and still do. But I think that Carrie called... I was thinking about this, anticipating that we would talk about it. I think it is possible to be friends with an ex, mm. but not like two weeks or two months after you've split up. I think you need to leave a bit of time for the wounds to heal, and then you can kind of reapproach them again. And I think it should happen... So the two exes that I'm friends with now... I'm friends with them not because we, like, made a concerted effort to, but just because it kind of happened organically. Like, I, th- we've got a mu- we've, we've got a lot of mutual friends and I just started seeing them around and, like, I wasn't going to ignore them. And mm. now, actually, I bumped into one of them at the march that I went to a couple of weeks ago and it was really lovely to see them and we just had a nice chat and, yeah, it was just really nice. But I think you definitely shouldn't, force it like Carrie and Big try to that's a mistake yeah because it feels like Carrie reaches out to Big because she feels like she should like do their do their lives overlap naturally like would they be at the same trans lives matter protest <laughs> I feel like Big probably wouldn't be um but yeah I know I, Carrie would yeah Carrie I think would Carrie would go on that march yeah but I know what you mean it's it and it did just feel very forced and again Sarah Jessica Parker doing like genius very very good awkward acting with that phone call yeah so I think I would agree broadly as well that you should have some awareness of how much you are hurting from the breakup. Yeah. Because if you still 
are harboring any residual feelings, be that that maybe we'll get back together. Or in this case, it's really, really clear that Carrie is furious, that Carrie is really, really angry at the way that Big has treated her and also the way that he's been able to move on so fast with Natasha. Um, And that was there. You know, it's only three weeks ago she stopped calling her the idiot stick figure with no soul. (laughs) So that doesn't suggest that Carrie was in the right mental space to start building those bridges with Big. Yeah. And I love it when they're sitting at that um that kind of that brunch restaurant with the like corrugated plastic wall is kind of iconic, isn't it? The one that they're mm. all sitting at eating the ice sharing like the yeah. one dessert. And then they like try and talk like adults about Natasha. And then it ends with someone being like, oh Natasha, what a bullshit name anyway. <laughs> like it's really funny. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um I love, love, love the scene where they go where Carrie and Big go for their dinner. Yeah, the best. It's so amazingly awkward yeah so much slapstick we know that sarah jessica parker loves her slapstick <laughs> yeah um falling down the stairs these stairs are very dangerous yeah is and then the waiter like crashes through with is... the tray and she's just like leaving yeah she's just like leaving chaos in her wake isn't she yeah you just really notice with sjp and chris noth in that restaurant scene mm. and with david eigenberg and cynthia nixon in their scenes as well, just how good the acting is. Usually Sex and the City is about the visuals and the script, but in this episode I really noticed like how accomplished some of the actors are. And it's all just that amazing chemistry and a chemistry of actors that are very into their groove. Yeah. I think they'd been working together for a long time now. And actually we've not seen Steve for about 10 weeks. So for him to come back in and be so familiar so fast. Yeah. But we'll come well let's come to Steve and Miranda after the break, but let's let's deal with the awful moment and it is brutal where <laughs> Carrie says, "Let's only talk about our partners when it gets really serious." Big uh, pause. Carrie, it is serious. We're engaged. Her to marry me. <laughs> ah! And her face, and she's like, suddenly I've got a headache. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, you feel sick because she's making the best of a bad situation. It's funny, she, Carrie, reverts to almost like quite a childlike state of saying, but you don't like commitment. Yeah. you, You can see her working it out in her head, like, but... You told me you never wanted to get married. Yeah. And and it feels like she's not, at that point, she stopped pretending. She stopped trying to be cool Carrie or cute Carrie. She's just being and the fact real that, Carrie. The fact that she is interesting, this is something that's changed since I've got older watching it. Like, mm. I didn't, when I watched it when I was a teenager, I didn't understand Carrie's fury at the, like... Uh, the fact that Natasha's 25, but now it seems like I really feel the sting of that. Big dating a 25-year-old is, like, ridiculous. It's brutal. Yeah. I'm not going to name any names, but a friend of mine who is around my age, sort of in her mid-late 30s, um, broke up with a guy she'd been seeing for a while, and he's now going out with a 23-year-old. And this guy is like a doctor in his 40s. Mm. And you know why he's done it. He's he's opted for a more malleable, more easy-to-control girl who is less likely to question his controlling, manipulative bullshit. Yeah. And it's the scene... Well, I mean, I don't. I almost don't want to talk about the scene at the end because it's like... So I feel like we should leave it till the end. To, to so the end, because like, it's so iconic. Yeah, yeah. one of the um, most. 
<laughs> so let's take a little break yeah. and we will come back and deal with the biggest penis in the world. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to So I Got To Thinking. This season we are being sponsored by our kind friends at Brighton Gin. Each week I will be giving you a recipe for a gin cocktail that you can perfect with Brighton Gin. This week I'm bringing you the Med Red Snapper. Oh. This is using Brighton Gin infused with a unique mixture of botanicals. This reinvented classic has a grown-up bitter backburn and spiciness. Okay, you are going to need 50 milliliters of Brighton Gin, 75 milliliters of tomato juice, 10 milliliters of lemon juice, 10 milliliters of Worcester sauce, 5 milliliters of soy sauce, 4 dashes of Tabasco, 4 basil leaves, and half a teaspoon of sugar syrup. What you're going to do is you're basically going to stick all of those ingredients into a shaker with six grinds of black pepper and a couple of handfuls of ice and throw the cocktail between two shakers until chilled. Then strain into a tall glass filled with fresh ice, garnish with a tomato slice, celery ribbon, some salt and olive oil. So basically we have a gin-based Bloody Mary. Yeah, I like the olive oil. That's a nice touch. Um, I do not like savoury drinks, so I wouldn't opt for a Bloody Mary either, mm. it has to be said. Let's get back to the plot then. Yeah. Um, so I haven't s- said, I, I forgot to mention in the in the first act, I fully agree that you can be friends with an ex. Yeah. I didn't give you my personal yeah. stories. I have managed it particularly, I'm going to name him because I know he listens to the podcast, my ex-boyfriend Eric, um, who is amazing and is now one of the most vocal trans allies 
Mm. I know. And he works for a big multinational company and he's doing loads of work in the company to raise awareness. And he's had me in. I've been into his workplace to speak about trans awareness. Amazing. So that's how cool Eric is. So I dated Eric pre-transition and he's just been the most amazing guy. There are, maybe I have the get out of jail free card because obviously I transitioned, but um, a lot of exes who kind of fucked me over pre-transition are kind of off the hook now. Because, right, yeah. Because like, there's a yeah, there's a couple of guys who I was really, really in love with, and they broke my heart. But I truly believe that sooner or later I would have transitioned. Right. So right. even if they hadn't been shits, and even if it had worked <laughs> out, I would have been a shit because I would have had to say to them, "Surprise, bitch! I'm well, a woman." I mean, that's not like that's not being a shit. That's just like you know you kind of living your life but I, yeah. but I know yeah I know what you mean mm. <laughs> but, but that said my ex who I dated immediately as I after I started my medical transition yeah I don't think he listens to the podcast but I won't name him just in case <laughs> he's such a great guy he lives overseas now so maybe it's easy to be friends with him as well because he's not around um so this is before I met Max I saw this ex just before I met Max and I was dating someone else who turned out to be a real piece of shit. And Chris, we met for lunch and it, oh my God, it was a bit like that scene. Like it really broke my heart because it mm. kind of reminded me that there was this really great guy in my life and it hadn't worked out. At that point, I had a real decision to make when we went for that lunch, which is had I asked that man to move back to the UK, for me, he might have done it. Yeah. And it's weird, isn't it? When you just think of how, what, what life would have been like, mm. um, if things had gone, a, it's quite sliding doors. <laughs> um, so, it's so sliding but doors. That, yeah. But that reminds me as well. I'll just quickly say this and then we'll, mm. and then we'll get to Samantha. That reminds me as well. A few years ago, I reconnected with an ex a really from like a really early relationship. And I have these memories of us just being these kind of like young young fresh-faced lovers and it was when I met him for lunch for like a catch-up when we both happened to be like in the same city at the same time um we hadn't seen each other since we'd broken up years ago and we said oh let's meet you for lunch it was a real it was one of those real moments where you're like okay I'm an adult now because Mm. he I remembered him as like someone who listened to indie bands and had floppy hair and he turned up and he was just like tired, pale, stressed, was working in a finance job that he hated and was just having an awful time. And I was like, oh my God, this is, (laughs) this is like life, life, life comes at you fast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It was weird. I I felt quite depressed afterwards. Imagine (laughs) Um, how he felt. I mean, yeah. It's like having a giga pet. That you yeah. like put in a drawer in the 90s and every once in a while you get the gigapet out and you remember <laughs> that you really did like the gigapet, yeah. but you've you've moved on. You just but forgot said, to... Um... <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like really obsessed with stalking exes on social media. I know oh, yeah. it's bad. I know it's bad, but I can't stop. I mean, I would say that like 90% of people are... Like, you know, it's such a natural thing, isn't it, to do? It's just too tempting. I mean, can you imagine how Carrie Bradshaw would have been in the age of social media? Oh my God, I dread to think. Just, I bet she would have had loads of like sock puppet accounts to (laughs) like check up, to check up on what her exes were doing. Carrie Bradshaw on Twitter 
would be a nightmare. Like, I, I feel like she would have been cancelled, like, quite quickly. <laughs> like, do, you th- do you think she would have been, like... So given that she is, like, a columnist of the 90s... Yeah. Like, I'm not naming any names, Dylan, but there yeah. are quite a lot of British columnists from the 90s <laughs> who are really very transphobic now. <laughs> um, so would, so would, would, she, would she have been one of the good ones or would she have been one of the bad ones? So I think that... Um, she, do you know what? I've just thought of what she said about Amelita. Now she said about Amelita and do you remember we really liked this line? Mm. She said, people think she's Euro trash. I think she's fun. And I think that says a lot about Carrie. I think she has enough independent thought to make good judgments about people. And I think she would have been okay. Every other 90s icon has disappointed me, Dylan. Mm. So I think Carrie Bradshaw's about it. Joss mm. Whedon, J.K. Rowling, RuPaul. I mean... I mean, Sarah, Jess- Sarah Jessica Parker is an ally, is she not? I think. Super ally, yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously Sarah Jessica Parker was, was very... Um, involved with the choices that they made around Carrie's character. Yeah. And Michael, Michael Patrick King is a very wealthy white gay man. And of course, you know, in season three, we will finally get to trans representation oh, in yeah. Sex and the City. And it's not great, but like everything we talk about in Sex and the City, we've got to contextualize it by the time. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll get to we'll get to Cockadoodle Doo next year. But So from Cockadoodle Doo to uh Cocky. Mr. Cocky. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Cocky. Who is at the time, I thought he was so sexy. Now, now no. No. No, yeah. He looked like a piece of, like, meat or something. Like, you know when you go to the butchers and all the meats in those little styrofoam... I agree. Like, and yeah. he just looks so kind of, like, Republican and, like, not... Yeah. But I do love the scene, and it's one of those Sex and the City scenes that I always remember, which is when Samantha first walks past him in the street and that sort of, like, Spanish, like, mm-hmm. jazzy, sexy music's playing and they both just kind of look at each other. Um, and it's so sexy and so great. I love it. Outside Prada. Outside Prada. Yeah, and she stops and looks at the bag. Yeah, so basically, like, his dick is too big. <laughs> um, I mean, long story short, his dick is too big. Um, even for Samantha. Um, but I really identified with Samantha when um, she says to Carrie that she's going to try it again. And Carrie says, <laughs> and Carrie says, why? And Samantha's like, because it's there. And like, that is just so my mindset with everything as well. Like, if it's there, like, I'm fucking doing it. Like, I'm trying it. <laughs> I mean, bless her. I just, I mean, how big must it have been? I don't know. I mean, she needed some, like, poppers, maybe. <laughs> some poppers. She tried pot, though. She yeah. tried Hawaiian gold, and that didn't yeah. help. She only got to base um, camp one. <laughs> has, has, I mean, this is very personal, but has that ever happened to you, Dylan? Have you ever come across a penis that's just too <laughs> big to um, manage? No. But I, I, I was wondering, because I anticipated we might talk about this. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if it might be to do with anatomy. Maybe it's more difficult... For cis women, I don't well, know. Well, the, the average vagina is only four inches deep. Right. So, yeah. So it is more difficult, I guess. I don't know. Mm. We This is where we need input from a cis woman. <laughs> we do. Um, I think because the, the, a, 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 
I guess a, <laughs> let's call it a trans vagina. I guess <laughs> right. um, a trans vagina that you can you can if you go off to Thailand, there is a doctor in Thailand yeah. who claims he can manufacture a depth of six inches. Right. But the thing is, I suppose you have to bear in mind that if a penis is, let's say, seven inches, not all of that is going to go inside anybody's body because there are legs in the way or butt cheeks or some things in the way. So you don't need all seven of those seven inches. Yeah. I think the largest one I've ever seen (laughs) was a solid nine inches. Okay. And that one looked like a whopper. (laughs) It did look... Like, you know, like a frozen stick of garlic bread is how yeah. I would describe it, I think. Yeah. We've said before, I think the larger they are, the less hard they get. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for mm. obvious reasons, there's just more space to fill, isn't there? Yeah, we've talked about that before. <laughs> so, um, I think we actually talked about it at the end of series one. So yes. now, again, we're at the end of series two and we're talking about it again. <laughs> about about dicks. And we've of course, whoever, whoever is listening to this, we all know it's not the size of the liner. It's the motion of the ocean. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big the penis is. It's all in how you use it. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I'm not sure what we're supposed to really glean from um, Samantha's storyline. Well, other than like, I don't know. It made her Miss James. So she said in the bar at the end, she went, I'm Miss James. <laughs> that was so funny. With, with his tiny little penis, who we cast aside in episode three of season two. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that was the X for Samantha. So maybe it was about that she realised she missed the intimacy, I guess, because she hasn't seriously dated anybody else. And also, I suppose, I suppose slightly unsettlingly, it kind of tied in with like the whole horse theme that they had throughout the episode. So like Carrie's like a free, a free spirited kind of not stallion, but you know what I mean? Mm. And then Charlotte um, had her thing with, there were kind of like horses around throughout the episode. And I thought that was like, maybe him having a huge penis was supposed to be like tied in with that theme. Well, (laughs) she did. Yeah. Carrie said, um, Samantha met a stallion of her own. Yeah. Um, So there was the horse symbolism kept (laughs) repeating throughout the episode. I don't know. Is there there anything worth saying about Charlotte's bizarre storyline? Not really. I mean, I feel like I I don't really understand what was going on there. I did kind of, I was kind of quite shocked at how antisocial Carrie was in the stable. Just like, (laughs) she was just like stood there like smoking a cigarette in a stable. And then she like wipes shit from her shoe (laughs) on the windowsill. Like what? What are you doing? I mean, she was having a breakdown. She, yeah. was, she had just come from that disastrous lunch. Yeah. Um, although who the fuck wears Manolas to go to a stable? Carrie Bradshaw. That's just, it. <laughs> ju- at the time, as a pre-transition person, mm. I was like, God, you know, if I was a woman, I would just wear the most amazing shoes. <laughs> and then, Dylan, I became an actual woman. And it's and a different story. I wear heels... <laughs> Two or three times a year if I'm at an awards ceremony. Yeah. Because otherwise I want to be able to walk and enjoy myself. Do you know, I've never worn heels. You don't need to. It's ridiculous. I think sweeping generalisation, and I'm sure loads of people, loads of cis women are going to chime into our DMs to tell us how much they love wearing heels. (laughs) But no, it's gay male fashion designers who have forced (laughs) teenage girls to wear them on catwalks. Yeah. Um, It's like, 
that fucking Jurassic Park film where that oh. woman is running away from a dinosaur in heels, a man clearly was in charge of the costume and also the direction of that film. Yeah. Yes, they look cool sometimes, but you can't have any fun if you're wearing heels. Yeah. So what's the point? Um, uh, so Miranda and Steve. Yeah, which is a nice one to finish on because it's left very much open for season three. Yeah. Um, and I'm so pleased. I wonder if it was always the plan to bring Steve back. Do you think it was? I think it was because I remember when she first kind of puts her cynicism aside and Carrie's voiceover says says something like Miranda finally started like a, a, a long relationship or something. Mm. I think that was always I think that was always the plan. Yeah. I'm not sure if they envisaged him being there like right to the end, which he is. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I think he's he's he was there to stay. And I think they have they have great chemistry and it makes sense as well that those two characters would be together. The scene where and he goes back to her apartment for the fire department T-shirt and mm. the would a friend kiss you like this. Yeah. It's a really lovely scene because with an ex, again, I'm not naming any names, but <laughs> with an ex, it's always somewhat on the cards. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Because you've already crossed the line back in yeah. the past. You know what you're going to get. So it's really predictable. Yeah. Um, and there's always that maybe, yeah, maybe we could. And I of. think I think we all know that feeling of kind of like being in that situation with someone and you can feel that kind of crackling tension and you're not sure whether it's going to happen or not and you're not sure whether it should happen or not. Friends referred to it as bonus night where, you, where you're allowed that sort of bonus night with an ex. <laughs> um, because it can as well, it, it can be really fun and really free and easy to do that. Um, and so I fully believed it. When when Miranda and Steve ended up having sex, I really believed that yeah. that would happen. So should we come to the, I mean, like both of the last two scenes, the one where they're sitting with the Cosmopolitan mm. talking about the way we were and mm. the bit in the dress, in where Carrie's in the wedding dress are both iconic. <laughs> um, I love the chat about the way we were and I love when they all start singing and mm. Samantha's like, I haven't seen it. It's a chick film. <laughs> what? I've not seen The Way We Were. Have you seen The Way We Were? No, I haven't. No. no. It must be a bit of a um a generational thing. I did it's watch 70s classic, yeah. Yeah. I did watch Funny Girl the other day because I had never oh, seen it. Oh, which is amazing. Yeah, so amazing. I had never seen it before. I just realized it was a gap in my gay knowledge, and it's on Netflix, so I gave it a watch. Um, yeah, it was great. It's iconic. Did you watch it on a Sunday afternoon? I did. <laughs> it's the perfect Sunday afternoon film. But suddenly, and- every suddenly, like hundreds of drag queen references made sense, and like so many references that are in like Will and Grace and Ab Fab, and like just like when she turns to the mirror and says, "Hello, gorgeous." <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's. I mean, it is iconic, and it, you. You know, Barbara Streisand has never been more beautiful. And and it's funny because what I love about Barbara Streisand is nobody else in the world looks like Barbara Streisand. And that is like just peak Streisand. Um, And you can see that because one of the reasons I love Sarah Jessica Parker is that nobody else in the world looks like Sarah Jessica Parker as well. And so I can see that why Streisand would be big in Carrie's life I think well I was actually watching Funny Girl thinking the same thing that Barbara Streisand looks really unique and then I thought actually the one person who I can kind of compare her to is Sarah Jessica Parker and somewhat Lady Gaga as well I think there's a passing resemblance to Lady Gaga yeah yeah um 
But I, yeah, you're right. This the scene where all four of them are singing memories. <laughs> it's so we've all done that with our friends. Yeah, where you're a bit pissed, <laughs> and then you start. Oh my god, let's do the round the twist theme tune, and everybody in the bars looking and going, "What the fuck are these kids doing?" Kind of, and it really, really worked. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And then, um, and then, yeah, Carrie had straight from the bar to the engagement party, <laughs> um, Wear, wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> She goes to the engagement party and, and yeah, I mean, it's so worth it. That payoff, if that was the last time we ever saw Big, it would have been perfect. Yeah. I mean, part of me thought like maybe it should have been in some ways, Mm. but like, um, and also like she sort of casually says such an inflammatory thing to him and she just says, why wasn't it me? (laughs) Which is Mm. like such such a kind of like insane thing to just say to someone. Yeah, but Um, she's tanked up. She's been daytime drinking. Yeah, yeah. And he just says, because, and the the implication is because, like, things are easy and simple with Natasha, which, of course, Mm. Carrie loves. I mean, it was the the best thing, the the sickest line is, I don't get it. And you never did. Yeah. 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 I mean, we all wish we'd said that to someone. I feel like particularly this scene, like women um, and men around the world were like, just, I feel like this was one of the scenes that probably made people fall in love with sex in the city. Um, And it's that final line as well, where she says, maybe some women aren't meant to be tamed. Um, Iconic. Simply iconic. (laughs) And I mean, I remember at the time I was single and kind of really wanted to find love when it first came out. And, you know, I would have been at university and I really wanted to find someone. And to have the main character in my favourite TV show just really celebrate, you know, the state of singleness. Like it's better, it's better to be free and unbridled and just an amazing wild pony than it is to be a compliant Natasha. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that, that set me off. You know, I, I was really thrilled with that. And yeah, if that's where Sex and the City had ended, I think we would have all been really happy. Yeah, it was, it felt like such an ending, didn't it? Um, mm. It makes me wonder if maybe, I mean, you might know this, like, did they think they were, because there are some shows that like, that thought they were getting cancelled and there's a very definite ending and then it comes back. Was that, do you think that was on the cards at the end of season two, maybe? I imagine not. I think the Steve plotline suggests not. Yeah. Because it felt like they reintroduced Steve. Yeah, true. Um, <clears throat> but so I, I think they probably knew they were getting a third season, but that was maybe they hadn't negotiated Chris Noth's contract or something. So mm. it was potentially the end of him. But then obviously we know what is going to happen in season three. And it really works. You know, yeah. all of that, se- you know, when Big comes back into Carrie's life, it takes on a very different turn. Yeah. And a very different movement in their sim- symphony. Well, yeah. So what question do we need to answer? Can you can you be friends with an ex? Yes, you can. Of course you can. If things haven't ended on bad terms, why wouldn't you want to be friends with an ex? Yeah. I think sometimes if you're not friends with an ex, that is proof positive that you weren't meant to be with that person. Because if, if you're not friends with them, then why were you spending all that time with them? Yeah. And... God, I hope he's not listening to this, but one of my quite significant exes from the past, you know, we lived together and I've spoken to him once since. Mm. And that was why we had to break up because we didn't have a single thing in common. There was no common ground. Yeah. Dear readers, and in fact, listeners, um, thank you so much for 
bearing with us through yeah. technical problems and lockdown and and just madness. I hope that our podcast has brought you as much joy as it has us in making it. We will be back for season three. We're going to take a, a little break. Yeah, to see a short break. Because obviously we're, we're easing out of lockdown now, so we're not quite sure what's happening at Acast Studios. So we'll we'll... Wait and see what happens. We, we're gonna we're gonna play it by ear and see if we can get back in the room with each other. Yeah. And if we can, that would just be nice because it means I get to hang out with Dylan. Yeah. So um, enjoy if you're listening on Catch Up. Hello. And yeah, re- please remember to subscribe and to also leave us a little review. Yeah. And have an amazing summer and put on a wedding dress and run wild and free like Carrie. Yes, gallop, <laughs> gallop on the street with social distancing. Like yes. out of the woods, yeah. Um, we, you know, if season three unexpectedly drops in the next four weeks, that's because we're back in lockdown. Oh God! So let, let's hope. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Until we return, you can find us at SIGTT Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Juno Dawson. And I'm Dylan B. Jones, LDM. In the meantime, stick your name on the wait list for the Amaz Birkin, and by the time we come back, your handbag will be in stock, I'm sure. <laughs> Take care and run free, my pretties. Bye. Bye. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.